listening to The Burn. Gaming stuff, blazing fast. Welcome to a new episode of The Burn, a podcast about gaming done blazing fast. I'm Aviv Manoach. And I am Omer Kaplan. Hey, it's been a while. Yes, it has. How are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, the last time we recorded an episode, I think it was winter, and now it's spring. So this goes to show <laughs> how long it has been. Uh, you know, even if we recorded a... a... An episode with a two weeks gap between them. It can it it can move between winter and spring. Yes. So yeah. Right. So it was snowing outside. Now it's not snowing outside anymore. I know it's like all nice and green and blooming. And the birds are here. Matthias, really great. Our last How's, how are our you? last episode was in February. In February. So uh, yes. it's it's, uh, it's a big difference. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm well. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible weather we are having. Um, and I hate every second of it. I uh, already need uh, air conditioning. Yes. Well, you, yeah, and you live in a very humid place too, so. Yes. Okay, so uh, let's, let's talk about some games. Let's talk about games. Yes, in, in this uh, podcast, in each episode, we discuss a game we are playing and like or dislike or has something to say about and some news. You can find all of the episodes at theburn.live. You can also find um, me sometimes on Twitch, twitch.tv slash isle.me. Uh, and that's it. Let's, let's start. So first of all, uh, our recall segment of the episodes uh in episode 18 we talked about monster train which omer was playing at the time and then yesterday i randomly get a free month of game pass oh nice so i go into my my game pass for pc thing and i start downloading games uh, that they wanted to try, so I downloaded um, Nobody Saved the World and Monster Sanctuary and Monster Train and a few others that I don't remember at the moment because those are the three that I that I, I sampled uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I played Nobody Saved the World a bit. I discovered that its uh, PC version doesn't support mouse, which is crap, mm-hmm. and I hate it. Yes. Uh, but I was on my work PC, which has Bluetooth, so I took my DualShock 4 controller and I paired it via Bluetooth and I downloaded the DS4 app for Windows and yeah, I could play it with the uh, PlayStation controller. So, okay, I, I played it for like half an hour, fine. Uh, it's nice, I, I will go back to it, but it's not it's not amazing uh, as, as, a, as a starting experience, let's say. Um and then I went into Monster Sanctuary, which you would like, Omer. It's basically I, side-scrolling Pokemon. Yep, I, I played I played a whole bunch of it. It's I mean it's nice. It's it scratches the itch. It's like it's really nice, and it's like a lot of like rock paper scissors, like sort of pixely Pokemons. Yeah, and it's a little bit Metroidvania. I don't know if you got. Yeah, that, I, I noticed that there are there are like places where I would imagine you need double jump to get to. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, and I, I also like that the the monsters have skill trees, which is really cool. 
I like that. It, yeah, I mean, if you, but it's still grindy. So if you, you know, if you're in the mood for a rock, paper, scissors, monster game, grindy, damage type, that's, yeah, that's yep. pretty nice, relaxing. Yeah, and then I started Monster Train. Um, I, I, well, I knew of it. I watched a bunch of it on Twitch and YouTube and stuff. I played Slate Aspire in the past. I wasn't expecting to get as hooked as I did. Um, first of all, it's a lot more approachable than Slay the Spire. Like, Slay the Spire eats you like a ton of bricks yes. just at the beginning. Like, you don't even need to get to the Ascendance modes for, for that game to be rough. Um, and Monster Train is a pretty chill experience. Even if you don't know what you're doing, you'll probably get to, like, battle uh, seven or eight uh, of a run. Um, and, and, and you pretty quickly learn the combos and stuff, and uh, it's really nice. My second run of trying the game, I, I, I won. Um, I did it with the, with the uh, Green Clan as the main one, the Awoken, uh, that their the champion, the, the basic one, is basically a, um, a tank that uh, doesn't attack, and it either does um, um, revenge damage uh, to, to enemies or buff all of your minions, which is really cool. Um, so I won for the first time with that. And then today I played a bunch of runs. I did a daily trial thing, daily challenge, um, which had a bunch of cards I, I, didn't, I didn't know um, about because the daily challenge basically give you whatever cards like are part of it it's not tied to your collection or anything um and then i i did a lot i unlocked two new clans um the the blue magic ones that i don't remember how they are called um and then i uh, unlocked the the, the um, uh, black shadow ones the the umbro or something i haven't played with them yet the blue one is interesting because it's very magic based and I had like a very good magic run when I killed bosses just with just with spells um, but eventually I didn't have enough boots on the ground to hold off the, the final boss or something um, so it's interesting every every clan has its own different mechanics I think I feel like it's more varied than... Slay the Spire, um, partially because you you get to uh, two decks from the beginning, um, so so you get the primary Ender Champion and then a secondary um, whatever, and you can mix and match um, like strategies, right? Um, the the original clan that the Hellhorn or whatever they call the Ren ones. Uh, let's 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 be magic and call them red deck, blue deck, green deck, and yes. black decks. Uh, the red deck ha you can do like a, an imp strategy where you stack your deck with imps, and then there are um, a bunch of cards that use either sacrifice imps on the board or um, their damage is based on the imps in your deck. Uh, and there is a card called Implosion 
just so uh into one in one of my imprints i got it to like 75 damage or something like that uh which was really cool the problem is if with this is that imps are really um really uh weak as a unit so if you don't upgrade and buff them you pretty much has a very weak board to go with all of your all of those um all of those spell cards so it's a it's a give and take. Um, red red deck also has a lot of uh, um, rage stuff in it, which is nice. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm hooked. Um, I love it. I don't know if I will win a lot. Like I got to the point where after you win once, you you start uh, getting um, covenant levels or whatever. But that depends of on you winning more, which I haven't. <laughs> succeeded in doing yet um but yeah. uh, we talked about it a bit on on over on whatsapp and, and you said that you lost interest once you unlocked everything basically i think that's what will probably happen with me uh i i'm i'm kind of playing it right now to unlock new things um and yeah it's 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 very fun it's very fun yeah it's nice yeah i i, I played for a long time uh and then i yeah i lost interest where I unlocked everything, but also where I found so I had like a couple of like decks I like to play. So I like the yeah, I like the revenge damage one, which is kinda nice. There's also I somehow got to a deck where you basically draw infinite amount of cards and you deal like Oh I did that do, as like, well. Imp. Yeah. And so you draw infinite amount of cards and you play infinite amount of imps. So like you just keep doing like you win solitary. Like at some point you just like do the combo over again. Uh so I found like two or three decks I liked. And then once you once you play them I don't know, three or four runs, you're like, okay, well, you know, maybe I'll just give this game a rest and I'll come back to it. But it's it's fun, it's approachable, it's, you know, you can just experiment with stuff and see how it works. And if it, and if you lose, it's like, you know, you just hop on and do the Yeah, do the, runs, the runs are also short, uh, unlike Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire has like, what, 10 um, rooms per each one of its, like, stages? And, uh, and between them, there are bosses and stuff. This has nine battles total, and and that's it. Uh, so, uh, and and you get um, they have a very nice speed fe um, feature. So once after I like did uh, three four runs, I just bumped the speed to maximum, and I just played the game at max speed. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and that's uh, that's what I do too. That's uh, that's the fun way to play. You just like you know you do your thing, you set it up, and then you just hit play and go. Yeah, especially for the for the boss encounter that has relentless. Yeah. Relentless. It takes like ages for the back and forth. <laughs> yeah, and it's fun to watch too. So yeah, it does. Uh, it is. Um, final thing, I have been told the game has a DLC now, which. Um, which is yeah, pretty good and and yeah, improve on the on the old content content as well. Unfortunately, the Game Pass doesn't give you access to DLCs, so maybe in the future I will like buy the game and buy the DLC and stuff. Oh, cool, yeah. Then we can like circle back and do a recall plus episode. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the actual game of the show that we haven't talked about ever, and that is Crusader Kings 3. Um, my story with Crusader Kings 3 is pretty much 
the same with Monster Train. I had Game Pass like a month ago, or even even more at this point. So uh, and I. Okay, it was weird. I was browsing YouTube. I found a bunch of like history uh, videos that I I started watching, and then it it um got me itching for some Crusader King. So I watched a bunch of it on YouTube, and then I decided to play it. So that's that's what happened, uh, and it's free on Game Pass as well. So I started playing on Game Pass. I decided I enjoy it, and then I went and bought it with all of the DLCs. Um, so so that's what happened. Anyway, um, I and I don't I don't think we talked about that on this podcast before, but I'm I'm an avid paradox strategy games um, player and watcher, experiencer. Let's call it la- that. I'm very bad at all of those, all of their games, but I watch a, a lot of them. Um, I played before Crusader Kings 2 and and Stellaris and Heart of Iron uh, and Rome a bit and stuff like that. I I really enjoy like the um, the history parts, the alternate history parts, all of how um, paradox mechanics make you act like those rulers would be in real life just by how the mechanics are designed like they they sort of you you can see the best in um in crusader kings you see this the least it's the most um open um free form alternate history thing because unlike uh games like hearts of iron and uh europa universalis and Rome, there are no missions or focuses that direct you toward an historical or alternative uh, path. Crusader Kings 3, in so much that it is categorized as a role-playing game on Game Pass and, and Steam and stuff, because it is a strategy game, but you play as people... And all the mechanics in the game are tied to the specific person. Uh, alliances and relationship and everything. Um, your piety, your prestige, th- those resources are all tied to your person and other people. So um, there, there is no... Um, there is no national ideas or missions or stuff like that like there are in in um, previous um, not previous but other series of the paradox grand strategy Crusader um, King 3 is the most approachable game paradox ever created um, it, it, it okay it reduced a bit of the death that Crusader Kings 2 had, but not a lot of it. It mostly makes it a lot easier to understand what's happening in the game and what you need to do. Um, I played Crusader Kings 2, and it's something... I have a second thought on that, but it's fine. Okay, <laughs> you'll have your say. Um, okay. My experience yes. with Crusader Kings 2 is that I, I didn't know how to advance the the technology i barely knew how to build things and get money and stuff like that 
And um, I feel like it's a lot clearer in Crusader Kings 3. Um, obviously, over time, it will get more complicated with DLCs and stuff. But already on launch, um, Crusader Kings 3 had like 10x the content Crusader King 2 had with all of its um, all of its expansion in terms of like religions and cultures and types of government and stuff like that. When Crusader King 2 launched, you can only play the Crusader Kings, like Christian rulers, stuff like that. Uh, you needed expansions to play uh, Muslims and Jewish and, and Norse and other pagans and all, all of those things. And in Crusader Kings 3, uh, because everyone wants that, they know that the most popular part of the games are outside of Europe. They included it from the beginning. You could play from China to um, um, Central Africa to the uh, um, how is it called the the Ivory uh, Ivory Coast, whatever. So uh, there is even I think um, Iceland. It's the most north north uh, west. Uh, thing you can get in uh, Crusader King, something like that. So a lot of content, a lot easier to grasp. Uh, looks amazing. Uh, all the characters are animated. Um, they also they also change it. So like Crusader King three uh, two was very Christian centric again because of Crusader. Uh, and in Crusader King three they broke down those systems and make made them more generic so for example in crusader kings 2 um there was uh traits for characters that were considered virtuous and sinful and those were all um all of them were christian so sinful traits were like the seven deadly sins you can be like gluttonous and ruffle and stuff like that and in crusader kings 3 each religion has a list of virtuous and sinful traits so, for example, for Nordic um, religion, the uh, Astiru, I think it's called, being one-eyed is a virtuous thing because of Odin. So, so characters that have one eye uh, like have better popular opinion. And being a coward is sinful because of the warrior culture and stuff like that. Um, so that's great. Um, you also have like an inventory thing that you can equip the, um, artifacts and stuff. Uh, the latest expansion, the first like big content expansion, uh, it's called Royal Court. And for kings and emperors, it's, it has a court system where uh, if you're a lower noble, you can appeal to your liege. And if you're a king or an emperor, you can hold court and you can decorate your court and have all sorts of things and, and uh, stuff like that. Really nice. Um, I did my, my biggest campaign and then I will let Omer uh, talk. My biggest campaign is also on my YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash the same channel as this podcast. Um, so it's there. I'm uploading the final um, part um, this week. Uh, I did, uh, I created a, a new ruler in the, the land of Palestine, Israel. Uh, also, designing new uh, rulers was a DLC for Crusader Kings 2, and now it's built into, into the game. It's great. So um, there are Jewish rulers in the world in uh, in uh, the start uh, bookmark, um, 867. You can be the Khazar Horde. Uh, did you know, Omer, that there was, there was an entire horde of Jewish rulers in the medieval age? 
I didn't. I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't. And there was. So okay. there, there is the Khazar Horde. The rulers were Jewish. Uh, and there is um, a Jewish uh, single, single county thing, single province county uh, in uh, the area of Ethiopia. You know, do you, uh, you know Axum, the place where allegedly the, uh, the uh, Ark of the Covenant has been found by the History Channel? You, you remember that story? So, so they, they have a Jewish ruler there as well. Uh, but okay, I, created, I created a new uh, Jewish ruler that uh, had the uh, counties of um, Gaza and uh, Jeffa. And I wanted to conquer the land of Israel to enact the decision uh, to restore the, land of, the kingdom of Israel and then restore the uh, Rabbanite high priestess. Um, uh, spoiler, I did that, but then my liege, who was the Muslim emperor of the Middle East, basically, uh, tried to throw me into prison because I was Jewish. And when I agreed, because I thought it would be easy to ransom myself out, I forgot that if you are a criminal, you can have your titles taken away. So, like, 10 minutes after I became the king, the Dutch, the, the Dutch not the king uh, yet, the, 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 the Duke of Jerusalem, 10 minutes later, I was, uh, my titles were taken away, and I, for me, I, I basically lost the campaign. It was infuriating. So that's, yeah. that, that's, that's, what, that's what I really like about, like, Paradox Game is that, they're really open-ended and you make the story so that's like that that's really cool like i i have a, I had a lot of moments like this in stellaris like not in this game we're going to talk about this game in a second but yeah that, that's that's pretty awesome story okay so talk about this your experience yes. with this okay. game so okay so i came into this game after playing a lot of a lot way too much of stellaris uh which also gave me like really cool stories and i still have a campaign running that i paused for now because like it going into way too many hours um so i said okay well, i want stellaris but like in a different setting but i feel like the paradox game framework so i'm gonna go into this king uh, crusader kings 2 was too complicated for me played for an hour i was like okay i have no idea what to do uh and i don't want to watch five hours of youtube content just to start my first game oh that's so the difference I between us I, I will watch 50 hours of a game before i play it so I went into so I went to Crusader King three almost blind, and what you said about how accessible this game is is like on point because like I was able immediately to like go in. They give you they even give you a very simple tutorial about okay like what is game like all the tooltips are very like straightforward. You can you know if you want to understand the concept or a mechanic of the game, they give you a very easy way to do it and in context, so you don't have to. Unlike games like Civilization, going to like the you know the encyclopedia, we read all of the things and then go back. Like they give it to you in context, which is good. Um, I went into so the, the easiest thing they said is that okay, you know, let's play in Ireland, and your first mission is to unite uh, Ireland under one king because there is no king there, um, and re get the title. So I said okay, you know that, that sounds fine. So I went in, I did all the things. I, you know, it, it, they, they don't give you like a campaign goal, but they do give you 
kind of like a to-do list of things that they recommend you doing, which was very helpful. Um, so I did that. After a few hours, I, you know, I united Ireland, and now I was the king of Ireland. And then I'm sitting here, and I was like, okay, so I got all of Ireland, but like now what? I, you know, I'm in an island. I can't go to war with anyone. That that's a, that's one thing that like slightly annoys me. By the way, is that they like they almost like okay, I don't say the only way because it's not true, but. The I guess like the most straightforward way to get land, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because that's kind of like my understanding or experience, is to through war and conquest, which is would mm-hmm. make sense. Another way is to start like marrying other people in, and get into their families and like inherit titles and like do all these shenanigans. And first of all, it takes time. Two, it's like a little bit RNG because like you know sometimes you don't have. Like for some, like so, women in that age didn't get to have anything nice, almost. Um, but it's really hard getting titles like that. So you need to have sons. So I'm in my island and I'm stuck and I can't go to war. And I saw so I, I some of my cousins married some people in some land. I was like, okay, it's whatever. So I'm just sitting there like with no goal. So I'm kind of like I don't know. I got to a point in the game where I just felt stuck. Um, and like, I, I don't know, like, I, I, I just couldn't like, inv- I guess, I, and maybe that's a game with like, that's an issue with the Paradox game where I couldn't bring myself to create the story I wanted to play. So just like sitting there, like in a campaign without a goal. Um, so I think that's what kind of like took the fun out of it for me at least. And then I ended up, you know, going back to Stellaris. Um, which is very great, but yeah, that, okay. Yeah. The, the, the I, I, see, I, see the, I see the potential. No, the, pro- just, just, the problem yeah. is, is that you, you're thinking about this game like you think of Solaris, where there is a campaign with an end with an end game. There is no end game in Crusader Kings. If you if you started with a specific rulers ruler and you did thing, um, and 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 you got to an end point, you just start a new game with a new ruler, or even. Uh, if you're not in Iron Man mode, you can switch rulers mid-campaign. So yeah. the, the thing is, is that there is no... Uh, Solaris uh, campaign is very structured. There is a, mid, uh, uh, a mid-game crisis and an end-game crisis and, and, uh, and stuff like that. In Crusader Kings, there is a, a period of time of like 800 years, and whatever you want to do in that time is up to you completely, um, the only thing that directs you is the events in the game. And again, that's, that's part of it why um, people are going to a role-playing game. It's basically you choose a direction and you see which event you get and you role-play your ruler and, and that's basically it. One other campaign I started, I took the king or the, 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 the duke of Wallachia uh, and and I will uh, hint that his name is Tepes, and I uh, wanted to start a vampire legacy uh, <laughs> campaign uh, where I, I found the kingdom of Malaysia and, and stuff like that. Uh, I didn't go very very far because in uh, uh, 867, the kingdom of Bulgaria is at war with the Maya Maigar horde that is going to establish Hungary. So um, it's a very it's it's not an easy uh, start to to play from, 
but there's a bunch of things you can do on it. I uh, played like a succession game in uh, in the Netherlands where I just sat there and started like making the most children and trying to uh, do like a eugenics things where I try to make the best bloodline, stuff like that. Uh, I had a campaign where I uh, was the king of Wakanda in Africa and I tried to like conquer the, the neighboring and stuff. I ended up being conquered myself and that was a very, um, uh, that was a bummer. I, I did everything. I created the, the Wakanda banner in the game and all of those things. It was fun. So you, you have to go into it with your own idea of what you want to do. Otherwise, you, you won't have any, any fun in the game. Yeah. And yeah, I think that, that, I think that was my kind of like major issue because I was trying to, you know, so they, in the tutorial, they give you a specific goal. They say, okay, you're going to unite Ireland. And, you know, I did it. I like, you know, I, I did some things like I enjoyed the random like scenarios and things that happened in the meanwhile. You know, I threw a couple of people to jail and they didn't like me, so I didn't care. So it was nice. But then like once that's done, I guess I was like, okay, well, you know, how do I continue from here? And then your answer is, you know, maybe you don't. Maybe you just you know, imagine a new campaign and start from there. You could have continued um, from there. You could have um, tried to to conquer the entire isles and then uh, establish the the empire of uh, of Britannia or depends on your culture. It could, it could have been one of the other um, local yeah, things. I think I need to get out of my head the fact that, you know, the goal of the game is to conquer because it's not. I mean, it can be. Oh, it can but be. it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, right. Yeah. Uh, but so but I think part that's... of the fun of the game is that is like finding the obscure titles that could have been in Europe but didn't uh, ever happen and then try to establish them. Uh, there is the, like the the decisions that that you can take, which are kind of of kind of sub goals. So, we, in my uh, Palestine campaign, the uh, part of the decisions were um, establishing kingdom of of uh, Israel, restoring the uh, the rabbinite priesthood, stuff like that. And and those are really tough end goals because you need to like conquer all of the holy sites and be independent and being independent from the like muslim empire is very difficult so yes. so there are oh. things you can go into and like set goals around them yeah yeah that, that's fine you, you make me you make me want to come back to this but game, but but sure. basically oh. the tutorial puts you in what people call newbie island and yeah. it's uh, on one hand very easy and in the other kind of boring. So you probably want to play a different campaign after that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm going to like detach myself from, you know, the, like, you know, the kingdom of England and the Roman Empire, like, you know, all that and like focus on like other part of the globe and see what happens. What I, one, one thing I like about this game is that, first of all, yeah, the graphics are pretty good. Um, is that you know to start conquest you need like a Cassius belly like you need a reason to go to war yeah and unless you know, unless you're Norse and then you can just invade people oh I didn't know that so <laughs> there, in, in the civilized world in yeah, the civilized world we need exactly a exactly <laughs> but the, so the way to do it is one way to do it 
is to say to your I guess Yo, religion person. Yeah, the priest. Yeah. yeah, you, yeah, you, 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 say, hey, you tell them, go, go and fold some papers that uh, say that I own this land. Yes. Go fabricate some claims and then we'll invade, which is very um, adequate to a lot of things happening in, in today's modern world. So, there it, it is. It's basically the same system. It, nothing changed. <laughs> yep. Exactly. So, that... So yeah, while preparing for this episode, I thought about the things I like about the game. It was like one thing is like, oh yeah, you need a reason. Okay, go pay the priest like some three thousand gold, and they'll, no, see, they'll take care of you. Um, um, Russia's literal reason for the war right now is Ukraine used to be a part of us. We have a claim on it. They literally yep. say it. I'm telling you, years. Years of playing Paradox game prepared us for this moment. Exactly. People should have known that, uh, that it was coming. Although, uh, as you can see, a coalition uh, against aggression is far less, um, uh, far less effective in the real world than in Europe. Yes. Yes. I mean, yes. Even, even though, so I was in my Ireland campaign, I was part of a coalition. And then one of the people in my coalition said, hey, I need you to go to war with me. I was like, and I was like, why would I leave my beautiful island to go to war with you? Because you lose prestige. Yeah, and yes, so I lost prestige. And he was very disappointed. But then he was like so far away because I'm on a newbie island. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, you're disappointed. What can you do? I'm here in my nice island. But then somehow years later, I lost like in the economics game when it didn't have any gold. I don't know. So anyway, yeah, so I guess there's some nice stories that, that come out of it. Yeah, but um, in Europa Universalis, there is an actual coalition system where if you are too aggressive, people will start bending against you. So. Oh, I think it's this. I think it's the same in uh, Stellaris. That, that's what I'm. That's my, my my current campaign is. So I'm playing a race of pace snails, where <laughs> they discovered they discovered Buddhism way way back like eons ago. So they're they are they're like they're snails that are united to end the suffering in the galaxy. And they like, so I'm playing like a pacifism campaign where I just have like huge federation of people protecting me. And I'm just like th- sitting there ruling the empire. So nice. that's, um, yeah. Okay. We so think- yeah, so there, there are cool stories coming out of it. So yeah. I, I I guess it's, yeah. Uh, you know, you make, you make me want to come back to that game. Maybe <laughs> I'll do that over the weekend. Uh, we don't have time for news because we have been talking that's for 35 fine. minutes already. okay so that's all we have on the show today thank you for listening you can find us online on twitter i'm at icel omer is at omer kaplan and as i mentioned before on the youtube channel youtube.com slash icel.me you can find my uh consular of palestine campaign until my uh shameful disgrace where i'm um being stripped from my titles Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, comment, and leave your reviews on your preferred listening app. You can find all of the links at theburn.live. And as always, our opening team was created by Ann Dorco with vocals by Fishy Twitch, both on Twitter as well. Uh, Omer, always a pleasure. Yes. And I will see you soon. Not in uh, yes. Not in the we'll 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 uh, schedule the next recording immediately. Uh, immediately. See see you all next time. Goodbye. Yeah.